welcome to Seeking Rents, the podcast. I'm your host, Jason Garcia, the publisher of Seeking Rents, a publication where we explore the ways businesses influence public policy in Florida. This is episode 12. The name Seeking Rents comes from a term in economics called rent-seeking. And rent-seeking refers to when someone with influence, like a billionaire or a big corporation, uses their influence to change public policy in a way that allows them to make more wealth for themselves without actually creating any new wealth overall. Rent-seeking comes in many forms. For instance, when a company lobbies for a tax break or a subsidy, that's rent-seeking. When a company lobbies for a law that lets it pay its workers less money or provide them with fewer benefits, that's also rent-seeking. And when a company persuades an agency to adopt a regulation making it harder for smaller businesses or startups to compete, that's rent-seeking too. Today we're going to be talking about one of the most influential companies in all of Florida, the Mosaic Company, the Tampa-based Fortune 500 industrial giant that strip mines vast swaths of land in West Central Florida, digging phosphate rock out of the ground, and then turning it into fertilizer at chemical factories. Mosaic which is the second largest phosphate producer in the world, is enormous in every way imaginable. The company ripped 10 million tons of phosphate rock out of the ground last year at its three active mines in Florida and turned it into nearly 3 million tons of phosphoric acid at its chemical factories. The company owns 350,000 acres of property in this state, making it one of Florida's 10 largest landowners. And it did more than $19 billion in sales last year turning a profit of nearly $3.6 billion. Mosaic is a major player in Florida politics. A few years ago, I was part of a team of reporters who investigated scandals orchestrated by political consultants, including the use of so-called ghost candidates to tilt the outcome in three key Senate battleground elections around the state, ensuring that Florida's state Senate remained in Republican control. Those political consultants had three big clients in Florida. One was Florida Power & Light, the state's dominant electric company. Another was Florida Crystals, one of the state's two big sugar producers. The third was Mosaic. So it certainly caught my attention in November when an organization known as the Florida Phosphate Political Committee gave $200,000 to Governor Ron DeSantis. The Florida Phosphate Political Committee is led by a Mosaic executive, and Mosaic is its largest funder. And that $200,000 donation was the biggest campaign contribution the Florida Phosphate Political Committee had ever made. And then in early January, Mosaic itself wrote a $200,000 check to the Republican Party of Florida, which was also the largest single donation Mosaic had ever made in Florida. The timing suggests that Mosaic was helping pay for DeSantis' inauguration, although Mosaic declined to say that for sure. And then just a few weeks after that, Mosaic gave $100,000 to a fundraising committee controlled by Republican leaders in the Florida State Senate. That was three donations totaling half a million dollars, all made in a relatively short period of time, shortly before the Florida legislature's 2023 session was about to begin. I remember thinking at the time that Mosaic was probably going to ask for something big. (laughs) And boy, did it. We'll get to that in a moment, but first, as always, if you haven't already, please consider subscribing to Seeking Rents so you can have all our newsletters and podcasts emailed to you the moment they post. Subscriptions are free, but you can choose to pay for one too. And those voluntary paid subscriptions are really important. 
because they help us cover the cost of things like public records requests. Seeking Rents is just over one year old now, and I'm proud to say we already have thousands of subscribers, hundreds of whom have chosen to pay for their subscriptions. Please consider becoming a subscriber yourself and a paid subscriber if you can afford it. You can find us at SeekingRentsFL.com. Okay, on to this week's episode. We're going to come back to mosaic and phosphate mining in just a minute. But first, let's talk about tires. Back in the 1970s, landfills in South Florida were overflowing with old tires. So someone came up with an idea. Tie two million of them together with nylon rope and steel clips and dump them all into the ocean, about a mile off the coast of Fort Lauderdale, to make an artificial reef. They called it Osborne Reef, but lots of people just call it the Tire Reef. This idea was, it turns out, exactly as dumb as it sounds. The lashings eroded, and ocean currents and storms scattered the tires everywhere. Within three years, tires were strewn across more than 30 acres of ocean floor. Stray tires damaged living coral reef. Tires are still washing ashore in Fort Lauderdale today. In short, this attempt to recycle a waste product turned into an environmental disaster, one that governments and conservation groups have spent years trying to clean up. Florida taxpayers alone have already spent more than $6 million picking tires off the ocean floor. But there are still as many as 1 million tires littered around down there. The tire reef turned into an issue this past session when some lawmakers from South Florida, apparently frustrated by the slow cleanup process, pushed a bill through the legislature that tries to finally get this finished. The legislation, which Ron DeSantis has already signed into law, gives the state's Department of Environmental Protection one year to come up with a comprehensive cleanup plan. Lawmakers also put another half a million dollars of taxpayer money into the state budget for this. And you can bet we're all going to be spending even more money soon once that cleanup plan is ready to go. Now, keep the tire reef in mind as I tell you what Mosaic asked for this session. First, let's do a quick primer on how the phosphate industry works in Florida. And, and when I say phosphate industry in Florida, by the way, I really mean Mosaic, which is by far the biggest player here. Mosaic starts by scraping phosphate rock out of the ground, literally scraping. The company uses machines known as drag lines. Picture a giant crawler crane with an oversized bucket at the end of its arm. That bucket is big enough to hold a truck, and those drag lines carve out canyons that can be 50 feet deep. Mosaic then pulverizes the phosphate rock and mixes it with sulfuric acid at its chemical factories, the biggest of which is near a tiny town called Mulberry, Florida, about 30 miles east of Tampa. This process produces phosphoric acid, which Mosaic then uses to make fertilizer, but it also produces a toxic waste known as phosphogypsum. Phosphogypsum is radioactive. Now, not nearly as radioactive as, say, nuclear waste, but it's radioactive enough that the United States Environmental Protection Agency forbids phosphogypsum from being used for anything. That ban has been in place for more than 30 years. So all that phosphogypsum ends up getting piled up into ugly man-made mountains known as gyp stacks. There are currently an estimated 1 billion tons of phosphogypsum sitting in roughly two dozen gyp stacks around Florida. That's uh, according to the Florida Industrial and Phosphate Research Institute in Lakeland. And about 30 million more tons of phosphogypsum get added to these stacks every year, most of it generated by Mosaic, which owns about two-thirds of Florida stacks. These are legal and financial headaches for Mosaic. 
Each one of these stacks, which are also used to hold all the polluted process water left over from Mosaic's manufacturing, is a bit like an environmental time bomb waiting to go off. For example, in 2004, a hurricane blew open a breach in a Mosaic gyp stack and released polluted process water into Hillsborough Bay, killing fish, mangroves, and seagrass. In 2016, a deep sinkhole opened up underneath a Mosaic gyp stack in Polk County, draining more than 200 million gallons of polluted water directly into the aquifer. And most recently, in 2021, a breach opened up at a non-mosaic gyp stack at the former Piney Point phosphate plant near Bradenton, releasing 215 million gallons of tainted water into Tampa Bay. Max Chesnez, a tremendous environmental reporter at the Tampa Bay Times, reported recently that new research suggests Piney Point's pollution plume ultimately reached more than 30 miles away to waters near Tarpon Springs. Many scientists suspect the Piney Point disaster fueled blooms of red tide and other toxic algae around the Tampa Bay region. So Mosaic has to spend lots of money maintaining these gyp stacks. The company currently estimates, according to its regulatory filings, that it is facing roughly $2.7 billion in future costs related to maintaining its stacks. And just right now, it's spending roughly $70 million to fill a cavity and repair a liner tear at one of those stacks. But each one of these gyp stacks is also a potential economic opportunity for Mosaic, too, if it can convince governments to let the company do something with all that toxic waste. And that's where Mosaic's mission during the 2023 legislative session came in. I mentioned earlier that the federal government has banned the use of phosphogypsum for more than 30 years. Well, the fertilizer industry has been lobbying hard to overturn that ban. And it almost got its wish during the Trump administration, which announced near the end of Trump's term that would allow phosphogypsum to be used to build roads. But that decision was reversed by the Biden administration before it could take effect. So this year, Mosaic turned to Tallahassee instead. The company successfully lobbied a bill through the Florida legislature this spring that starts to pave the way for the use of phosphogypsum in state roads. And sorry for the pun there. Specifically, House Bill 1191 allows the Florida Department of Transportation to begin using phosphogypsum in demonstration projects through a program that's supposed to encourage the agency to use recycled materials in road construction. The legislation, which was pretty quickly nicknamed the Radioactive Roads Bill, also orders the Transportation Department to do a study of the suitability of phosphogypsum as a road-building material, and it orders the agency to have this study done in less than a year. The timing of this legislation sure seems intentional. Last week, Max Chesnez, that's that Tampa Bay Times reporter I mentioned earlier, reported that Mosaic is already talking to both federal and state officials about doing a pilot project at its plant in Mulberry in which it would use phosphogypsum to build three 200-foot sections of road. Now, Mosaic insists that phosphogypsum can be used safely. Some other countries already allow it, both in roads and as a type of fertilizer itself. But a number of environmental groups, many of whom have been battling Mosaic for decades over all the environmental damage caused by the company's mining and manufacturing, have been fighting this legislation too. They warn it could expose road construction crews to elevated risks of cancer and lead to environmental catastrophes if a road embedded with radioactive waste washes out during a hurricane or, or a storm. But Mosaic leaned in hard and the bill passed the legislature. Pretty easily, too. It got nearly unanimous support from Republican lawmakers, 
and significant support from Democrats as well. I mean, the Florida Senate passed the radioactive roads bill on a 34 to 4 vote. Environmental groups, including the Center for Biological Diversity, the Sierra Club, and the League of Women Voters, have called on Ron DeSantis to veto this bill. The governor's office has refused to tell reporters which way DeSantis is leaning, but it's probably worth remembering those giant campaign contributions I mentioned earlier. Supporters insist this is a reasonable way to solve the problem of phosphogypsum. But then again, a bunch of people apparently once thought a reasonable way to solve the problem of old car tires was to dump them all into the ocean. And yet, lawmakers never seem to grasp the connection here during session. Or maybe they just chose not to see it. I remember one quote from Linda Stewart, a state senator from Orlando during a debate on the tire reef bill. Stewart is someone I've covered for a very long time. She's a Democrat who once used to be something of an environmentalist, but nowadays she often votes with Republicans, particularly on issues that are important to big businesses like Mosaic. Stewart said, quote, ideas start out like it's a good idea, and then it turns into a tragedy. As responsible legislators, we need to be really careful on the new ideas that come forward to make sure that it doesn't turn into a tragedy in the future. And yet, Stewart voted for Mosaic's radioactive roads bill. Now, Mosaic likes to frame this issue as if it's about recycling. As a company spokesperson recently told the Tampa Bay Times, quote, Globally, phosphogypsum is used in a variety of safe and innovative ways. At Mosaic, we believe there is great value in the principles of a circular economy, whereby materials formerly viewed as wastes can be used or recycled beneficially. But really, this is about money. I mentioned earlier that Mosaic is already on the hook for $2.7 billion in future costs related to maintaining its chip stacks. But the company also stands to make a fortune if it can create a market for phosphogypsum in the United States. This is already a big business for Mosaic in some other countries. The company currently makes around $100 million a year selling its industrial byproducts in Brazil. And the main byproduct it sells there is phosphogypsum. That's according to comments Mosaic executives made on a recent earnings call with Wall Street investors. And road construction isn't the only potential market that Mosaic is pursuing here. The company has also been looking into the potential for extracting rare earth elements from its phosphogypsum. Rare earths, as they're often called, are very conductive, very magnetic metals that are in high demand because they're used in everything from cell phones to solar panels to electric vehicles. In fact, a couple of years ago, Mosaic produced a report estimating that it could potentially recover nearly 7,000 tons of rare earth elements every year from its phosphogypsum. But the company also concluded that the extraction process was not yet, quote, economically feasible, and that it's not a business that would become viable without, quote, significant government financial support, like tax incentives. And hey, wouldn't you know it, the new state budget that Ron DeSantis signed into law last week includes more than $20 million in taxpayer money for something called the Center for Rare Earths, Critical Minerals, and Industrial Byproducts at Florida State University. What exactly is that money for, you ask? Well, it's to fund more research into how to extract rare earth elements from phosphogypsum. And that's still not all. DeSantis and the legislature have also ordered the center at FSU to recommend new policies that the legislature could pass or that the DeSantis administration could implement that would help turn the extraction of rare earths from phosphogypsum into an economically viable business. In other words, it sure sounds like Mosaic is going to be getting those incentives it wants sometime very soon. 
By the way, I want to take a moment here and give a shout out to student journalists at the University of Florida and the University of Missouri, who just teamed up on a stunning investigation into the U.S. fertilizer industry. The series is called The Price of Plenty, and I've relied on it a lot for this podcast. I'll make sure to include links to the series and several Mosaic and Florida-specific stories in the show notes. Listen, there are many times when Florida politicians do a favor for a big corporation like Mosaic that is unequivocally terrible for the rest of us. One quick example. About 10 years ago, Mosaic helped get the Florida legislature and then-Governor Rick Scott to pass a new corporate tax break. The lawmakers and lobbyists supporting it all claimed that this tax break was an economic development tool and that it would attract all kinds of new investment to Florida, like big new factories with lots of good-paying jobs. It didn't do that at all. All this corporate tax break did was reward about half a dozen of the state's biggest companies, including Mosaic, Florida Power & Light, and public supermarkets for projects they were going to build anyway. Even some supporters later admitted this tax break didn't work. But of course, the legislature has refused to do anything about it ever since. So this tax break is still on the books, and Mosaic and the others are continuing to save millions of dollars every year while the rest of us are forced to make up the difference. That was obviously a terrible policy, pure, unadulterated rent-seeking. But I do think Mosaic's radioactive roads bill and the millions of dollars Florida taxpayers are about to pour into research around rare earths extraction are a bit more nuanced. Because the reality is, if we're going to allow industrial-scale phosphate mining and production in Florida, and we probably have to, given how heavily industrial-scale agriculture relies on phosphate-based fertilizer, then we've got to figure out what the heck we're going to do with phosphogypsum. And I'm not sure continuing to pile it all into a giant stack and praying a sinkhole doesn't open up under it or that a hurricane doesn't blow it over is a sustainable strategy here. At a minimum... Investing more in independent research about what could be done with this stuff strikes me as a really good idea. But we do need to make sure that the research truly is independent and that it's not being directed to a preordained and mosaic-approved outcome. And if we do end up traveling further down this road, another pun, I apologize, and we're going to let mosaic make more money at the expense of elevated cancer risks for road construction crews, a greater threat of environmental contamination, and millions of dollars in taxpayer investment, then we'd better make damn sure that Mosaic is paying its fair share too. I don't know. Maybe we could start by finally repealing that useless tax break that we gave Mosaic a decade ago. Before I wrap this up, here's one little postscript to this story, which comes, yet again, from the indispensable reporting of Max Chesnes at the Tampa Bay Times. Mosaic's radioactive roads bill was sponsored by a lawmaker from the Tampa Bay region named Lawrence McClure. McClure is becoming a big deal in Tallahassee. He's expected to be the next budget chairman in the state house, which is either the second or third most powerful position in the chamber. The uh, speaker is the first, and the speaker designate, meaning the, the person who's going to become the next speaker, is the other one. Anyway, the bill passed May 1st. And just a few weeks later, after session ended, Mosaic gave McClure nearly $25,000 worth of free stuff, stuff like free hotel rooms and meals and entertainment, so that McClure could hold a campaign fundraiser at a place called Streamsong, which is a luxury golf resort that Mosaic built on a former phosphate mine. What a way to say thank you, and to ingratiate yourself with a future budget chairman, who will be taking over 
right around the time you're probably going to be lobbying for new incentives and subsidies. All right, that's going to do it for this week's show. Before I go, though, a quick update on a recent episode about some of the favors that the Florida legislature just did for a few prominent billionaires, including bills to restrict the legal rights of employees at private space companies like Elon Musk's SpaceX, to let owners of Major League Baseball teams pay their minor league players sub-minimum wages, and to protect the territorial monopolies of car dealers. At the time, I mentioned that Ron DeSantis had signed the SpaceX bill, but that he hadn't yet acted on the baseball or car dealer bills. I even guessed that he might veto the baseball bill, partly because it's just such an ugly piece of policy, a pure giveaway to the handful of billionaires and multimillionaires who own Major League Baseball teams. Well, I was wrong. DeSantis recently signed both the baseball and the car dealer bills into law. DeSantis' overriding priority right now appears to be cultivating donors who can help fund his presidential campaign. Donors like Joe Ricketts, the billionaire whose kids own the Chicago Cubs and who gave Ron DeSantis $1 million the day after the Major League Baseball minimum wage bill was filed in Tallahassee. Anyway, as always, feel free to reach out with any questions, comments, or feedback, or to suggest topics for future stories or podcasts. My contact info will be in the show notes. And again, don't forget to subscribe, SeekingRentsFL.com. That's SeekingRentsFL.com. With that, thanks for listening, everybody. See you soon.